Welcome to the Dogwood Podcast, a presentation of Dogwood Church. For more information, visit www.dogwoodchurch.org. Join us now as Pastor Keith Moore shares today's message. Proverbs for parenting. How many, how many of you have uh, children living with you under your roof right now that are under the age of 21? Okay. How many of you, uh, uh, how many grandparents we got in here? Let me see how many grandparents we got in here that, that, who have perfect grandkids. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. Uh, how many, how many, we got any children in here? Just curious. How many of you like that got, yeah, there we go. How many of you like were a child one time? How's that? Okay. Uh, we're, we're entering into two weeks where we look at some, some teaching from the book of Proverbs that brings God's wisdom for parenting. And I uh, had, had a couple of guys, a couple of grandparents catch me before the first service and grinned at me and said, hey, we're staying for the good music and then we're leaving because we're done. We are, we are done with this. And uh, fortunately, they did stay. But um, I, I want to remind you that every time we open the Scriptures, you need to come at it from, uh, with, with at least two perspectives. One is very easy for us. How's this going to help me? I mean, we're... I'm selfish enough that I'm, I don't even have to remind myself of that, Bill. Uh, how's this going to help me? But this is not the only reason we as brothers and sisters in Christ come and open and study the Scriptures together. Uh, every time we are taught, it is because God has given us a responsibility to be ready to teach others. So I want you to listen to this. You may have children now and you may not. But if you don't have children now, you may be a grandparent. You're going to help. You're going to need to coach your adult children. Uh, you're going to have impact on your grandchildren. If, you, um, if you're not, if you're a young person and you don't have children yet, you're going to need this. All of us will have sons and daughters in the faith. And as the scriptures say, we are, the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, he said it this way, the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit to faithful men and women who will teach others also. You see that? Teach others also. Teach others also. Uh, this is not just for you. Be a steward of the, God, of the Word of God. Anytime you study the Word, look at it from, okay, what's God saying to me? And then how can I pass this along to someone else? Because He intends to do that, to do that through you. <clears throat> uh, the, um, it's estimated that 6 million adults in the United States of America are going to have children this year, have first or another uh, child. One, one pediatrician, uh, Eric, said to me one time that, um, Ray, my, this might have been you, I can't remember, you know, you're full of good ones uh, every now and then, Eric Hoffler. Uh, he said, raising children is some, somewhat like baking a cake. Uh, you don't realize you have a disaster until it's too late. The, um, the, the staff from the local children's home were in a fundraising season, and they were visiting uh, the community. Uh, they walked up, one, two, two uh, staff members walked up to a home one afternoon, knocked on the door. A young lady came to the door, and they said, Hi, introduced themselves. We're from the local children's home. We're, we are raising funds for our, our ministry, and uh, we um, uh, wondered if, and we're asking for donations. She said, Great, I got two kids I'd love to donate right now. Right now, I, uh, I'm not speaking from a personal authoritative 
position here. In fact, I never do. We as Christians, our authority is not based in our own knowledge and experience and skills. Our authority to teach is based on the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in Christ and upon His revealed Word to us. All I am is the delivery boy. And anytime someone, your, your life group leaders or some, anyone stands up to teach or preach, we are just delivering God's, God's message. Uh, so there's a tendency in, in, the, in churches today, and we have, our church has the same tendency, is we want to see God's Word and we want to see the church as a, as a place for self-development, kind of self-improvement that we can go to the Bible and get a lot of helpful hints to make our lives better. Now, it's true that there are helpful hints in here, and we believe that life generally works best when you do it with Jesus Christ His way. But that's not the primary reason that God gave us the Bible. Hold that thought. We're going to come back to it. Now, we are going to go this morning and next Sunday to God's Word, specifically in the book of Proverbs, to get some of His wisdom for two responsibilities. Number one, raising our kids. Number two, disciplining our uh, children. Uh, next week is the discipline, so come on back uh, for, for that. So, But the starting point, God's Word says to you and me, is to know our children well. You just write down the word know, K-N-O-W. Just write down that, that if we're going to raise our kids. We've got to know them very well. It is possible to give birth to a child, to feed a child, clothe the child, educate a child, raise them up. And just because we're so busy getting other things done, while we know them, we don't know. It's easy. It's possible not to know them very well. Uh, we must, if we're going to train our children, raise our children the way God intended, we've got to know them very well. Well, Proverbs gives us some rich insight in uh, this verse, jot down this reference, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. It'll be familiar to some of you. It's one of the most familiar verses out of the book of Proverbs worldwide, and here's what it says. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. This is one of the most often misquoted and misunderstood passages in all of Scripture. For we tend to see it as a promise from God to Christian parents who have kids who have rebelled against them and rebelled against the Lord Jesus Christ that because we tried to train them right about Jesus when they were little, that before they're, when they get old, they're going to come back to Him. God said it right here and I'm counting on it. Now, and let me just tell you, that's not what this verse means. Number one, it's just not what it means. Number two, I've, after years of witnessing people rebel against God and never coming back, uh, it's just not true. That's not what this verse is about. Remember the kind of literature we are studying. Proverbs. Proverbs are not promises. Proverbs are not promises. Proverbs are given by God to give us wisdom and insight on generally how life will go. Number one, if you live it with God, His ways. Number two, if you don't. 
This is generally how it's going to go. Wisdom for living. They are not promises that you can take to the spiritual bank. So this verse is not a promise to Christian parents who have great hopes for their kids. And it's good to have great hopes for our kids, but that's not what this verse is about. This verse is about a philosophy of parenting. A, a philosophy of parenting. How we go about best parenting our children. And we're going to jump right in uh, into that. The um, And so we're just going to unpack the verse. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. So let's let's take phrase by phrase. Write down on your note sheet there the little phrase, train up. First two words of the uh, verse there, train up. What does that mean? Well, it means at least two things. First of all, it means that we're to create a thirst, to create a thirst. Second, we are to give direction. Create a thirst and give direction. We are to create a thirst for the right things. We're to give direction to the right things. Create a thirst and give direction. Create a thirst and give uh, direction. The original root word translated train up is a term for the tongue, the, the mouth, the palate, the taste buds. In, in King Solomon's day, when this book was written, the Hebrew midwives uh, had as their practice when a newborn came, uh, they would uh, have a little bowl of crushed dates. Uh, it, would, it would eat, sometimes the mother would go ahead and chew them up and spit them out and put a little water in there so there's this very sweet date juice. And the midwife, when the infant came, would dip her finger in that bowl of the, of the dates and then massage the palate, massage the tongue, massage the gums of the newborn, creating a taste, creating a, a thirst uh, to, to stimulate the, the sucking motion. And then she would hand the baby to the mom and the mom would breastfeed the baby. That's the picture. Create a thirst for the right things. Well, what are the right things? Well, our kids who help lead us in worship beautifully uh, led us to sing, whatever is right, whatever is true. Lead us in the way everlasting. It comes from the book of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 verses 8 and 9. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. We're to create a thirst for those things that are right, true, noble, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. The thing, Jesus Christ and His will and His ways and all of the beauty that He created in this world. We're to create a thirst for those things. Second, this word means to give direction. We create a thirst for the right things and we're to give direction. Point them out. Point these right things out. The, um, in the verb form, the word translated train up uh, is, a, is a word that was used in that day for the breaking of wild horses and bringing them into submission by the use of a rope or a bit and a bridle in their mouth. And after the last service, one mom says, I want one of those bit and bridle things for my son. Now, that's not what we're talking about, but, but we're talking about discipline here. Um, 
breaking the will. Teaching a child to submit to authority because they can't learn to love and submit to authority. They can never know and follow Jesus because all authority has been given unto Him in heaven and in earth. And so uh, this is discipline. Now, we're going to talk more about this next week. So come back then. This verse goes on to say that we're to create a thirst and give direction to, take a look at it, and here's the phrase, a child. Well, what's he talking about there? When we think of a child, we tend to think of a preschooler, birth to four or five years old. But this Hebrew term translated child is much broader. Uh, For example, four passages of Scripture I want to point out to you here. First of all, the Hebrew word child that we have in this one in 1 Samuel Chapter 4, verse 21, refers to a newborn infant. A newborn infant. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 27, this word refers to a young boy who had just been weaned. In Genesis chapter 37, verse 2, the very same word is used for Joseph when he was 17 years old. In Genesis chapter 34, verse 19, the Bible uses this word for a young man who is ready for marriage. So here's, it's a broad term, and it refers to uh, all of the years that a child lives under the roof of the parent, every age from infancy to young adulthood, when they're ready to step out on their own. And this entire time period, infancy to young adulthood, is to be a period of being trained up having a thirst created for the right things, Jesus Christ in His will and His ways, given direction for the right things. So parents, here's what I'd say. Take a deep breath. Whoo, that's a long time. Parenting God's way is relentless. Um, Sometimes parents will come bring their children to our children's ministry, we're glad, but they'll never help with it. Not you, it's those people in that other service. Not None of you. And so when we ask them, can, you know, can you help us with our kids? They'll say, I'm with my kids all the time, and I'm, I'm not... I'm, you know what? That don't cut it. Because they're still yours. You know, they're, they're, you are with them all the time, and parent, it's not going to get any better until you get them out. On, so, so, so here's what you do. You train them right so they can handle life quick and early and leave. You know, you want, to, you want, them, to, you want them to be able to be self-sustaining. They, they, you know, they independently dependent on Jesus and your best friend. And um, so this is the period he's talking about. Parenting is relentless. It takes time and concentration and God's help to do it. We're to train up a child, give direction and create a thirst for the right things as long as we have them under our roof. And and we know this. This verse is saying that every child is different. Train up a child in the way he should go. Every child is unique. Train up the child in the way he should go or she should go. Now, this word way means uh, their individuality, their personality, their, their ways, their bent. Uh, the way God created them as an individual, as a human being, not all children are the same. 
They are not all the same. Now, when we first look at Proverbs 22.6, it seems to deny the idea of individuality, but that's not what God is doing here. He's saying just the opposite. Train him up in consideration with his, of his individuality, his personality, the bent of the child according to his own ways, according to the ways God made her or him. Uh, this term in, in the way, it's a, it's a little preposition that means in keeping with, in cooperation with, in accordance to how God created them individually. Now, this, they may be altogether different from you and what you needed. Uh, God is not saying bring up a child according to the way you are, but according to the way they are. Observe, be sensitive to, alert to discover their ways and adapt the training that we are supposed to give, the giving of direction, the creating of thirst and the discipline to the way God created them uniquely, uniquely. Let, let me illustrate it this way. In the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 7, verse 12, and Psalm 11, verse 2, we find this same word way used to describe an archer bending a bow to get ready to shoot arrows. See, when, when an archer was going to create a bow, they were very good at selecting the right wood, the kind of wood, and they would study the, study the grain, study it, see if there's any weaknesses, any flaws, and, and the, the direction that the grain would, would flow, the way that that piece of wood, that just wanted to be a bow in that piece of wood, and it was wanting to come out, and they would shape it, paying much attention to the nature of that piece of wood. They would shape it according to the way it was bent. This is the very word, that God uses in describing how we should train our children. The Amplified Bible puts it this way. Let me read it to you. Train up a child in the way he should go and in keeping with his individual gift or bent. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. We know this. All children are different, always have been. Your family's that way. Some of your kids are creative. Some of them are mechanical, some of them are academic, intellectual, some of them are very physical and active, some of them are, are very positive, some of them are very melancholy, some of them are uh, musical, some of them are mathematical, athletic, uh, we're all different. Now the Bible illustrates this throughout, starting in the very beginning in the book of Genesis, we find that Adam and Eve had two sons, anybody know their names? Cain and Cain and Abel. Bad names. Don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, Cain. Now, I know some guys named Cain. That's pretty good, but I never heard of anybody named Abel. Um, we have a few Cains around today, but uh, not Abel's. But they were radically different. Radically different personalities. Gets even better. Um, Isaac and Rebecca had twins, and they were completely different. Jacob and Esau. Uh, King David had two sons that were prominent in the Bible, Absalom and Solomon. Radically different personalities. We know this. We know this. But when we are in the heat of the battle of parenting our kids, when it's Thursday and 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and they've just been with you, know, just been, they've just been with you 
we can forget that not all kids are alike. And when we do, we parents uh, commit some very common errors, some mistakes. For example, we, we try, the one is trying to engineer the personality of our children. Well, I know they're this way, but I'm going to make them this way. I want to change their personality and characteristics, trying to raise all of our kids the way we were raised, uh, using an identical approach to all of our kids, comparing our kids to each other. Well, Susie, how come you're not like Sally? Because I'm Sally, not Susie. But we can fall into those easily. Now, we may want to ask, okay, 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 how do I go about discovering the way of my daughter, the way of my son? How do I go about that? How do I discover the God-given design for my child? Once we know how to discover it, what to look for, you know, then, then what are the bents? Well, we study them, obviously. And Proverbs chapter 20, verse 11, jot that down. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 11 tells us how we can get to know their ways. It says this, Even a child makes himself known by his acts, whether his conduct is pure and upright. The old King James Version says it this way, Even a child is known by his doings. We observe what they do. We observe how they behave, how they walk and how they talk, how they obey and when they disobey, how they act and react, and we will have sufficient information to work with. We'll begin to discover their ways, their ways, their interests, their personality, uh, what, what motivates them, what does not motiv- motivate them. And we, we design our parenting strategy according to the way God shaped them, still trying to create a thirst for the right things, Jesus and His ways. Still trying to give direction, very clear direction, to take them from where they are to where Jesus wants them to be. Never never stopping that, but starting with where they are, not where we wish they were. Starting with where they are. And I, I, I can't tell you specifics, but I can tell you generally, you're going to discover two things right up front. Number one, you're going to discover that your child has some very good bents. Number two, you're going to discover that they have some very bad ones. Uh, even grandchildren. See, I get a little pushback on that. I had one grandmother say, Mm-mm, mine's perfect, tongue in cheek. But um, here's what I mean by that. God made your children just like He made you. He made us with some tendencies toward Good, some very good things. The psalmist understood it and wrote these words about uh, good, the good part of their creation in Psalm 139. He, praying to God, the psalmist said, For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know this very well. You're going to discover some very good traits in your children, well then encourage them, put fuel on them, go with, um, go with those. Uh, understand that this is part of the indication of God's plan for their life. So, so look for the uniqueness of your child, provide opportunities for them to develop in the areas uh, in which they are gifted. If, if these things are good, encourage them, help them get in an environment where they can get some wins under their belt and do it with them. Do it with them. But you're also going to discover that your child has a tendency toward evil. 
Now, I know looking at some of those precious boys and girls, I'm thinking the same thing. Wow, these are precious boys and girls. Uh, But here's my point. How many of you ever had to teach your children to disobey you? I mean, you had to teach them to do it. So this kid's always too good. Sit down. Yeah, I want you to mess up a little. You know, no, no. Why? Why? It, 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 because it comes naturally. We were born because of our grandfather Adam. Sin entered the world. We all inherited a tendency toward sin. And when we grow to the point of moral responsibility. We call it the, in our tradition the age of accountability. When we mature to the point that we become aware of, of sin, we go with it. We, we, we are sinful and then we become sinners. Uh, King David, in his great prayer of repentance, coming back to God, found in uh, Psalm 51, prayed this in verse 5, Indeed, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. He meant I was born with a tendency toward evil. And it'll come out. So what do we do? How do we, how do we oppose those ways? Well, first of all, we create a thirst in them for the Lord Jesus by loving Him ourselves. Loving and genuinely following, knowing and loving and glorifying and following the Lord Jesus uh, according to His will and His ways, so that they can see that the most important people in their life have a genuine, authentic faith. Uh, walk with Christ. He's not a belief system. He's a person that they follow. And you lead them to faith in Christ. Now, more on this in June. For, in fact, on Father's Day, we're going to talk about how to lead your kids to Christ. Second, pray for them. Pray for them. Pray about these tendencies that you see toward evil. Uh, and ask for God's insights on creating a thirst in the right direction and giving direction uh, to them. Be a student of your child, as we have mentioned, and then discipline them consistently. Now, more on this next week. More on that next week. Leonardo da Vinci said this, He who does not punish evil commands it to be done. Wow. Well, there's one more phrase in this verse. Train up a child in the way... He should go, here's the last phrase, when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, the the Hebrew word for old can literally be translated hair on the chin or bearded one. Now, a man doesn't grow hair on the chin or grow a beard when doesn't start when he's 90 years old. He starts getting whiskers when he's coming out of puberty, moving into young adulthood. That's what this is speaking of here. This can happen in this time. Um, it, this is wisdom for those who've been trained correctly and um, that they're, they're ready for maturity. Ready for maturity. Here's a good way to paraphrase this verse. Adapt the training of your child so that it is in keeping with his God-given characteristics and tendencies. When he comes to maturity, he will not depart from the training he has received. So now's a good time to begin asking God for his wisdom and His understanding and His power to operate with this philosophy of parenting our children. So we're going to do that in just a moment. We're going to pray. But I want to come back to the purpose of the Bible. 
The purpose of the Bible is not primarily to give you helpful hints. It's the Holy Bible, not helpful hints. It, just, just think, it, now, we've seen this morning once again that the Bible is very helpful. God's Word is very helpful, but that's not the primary reason He gave it. The primary reason God gave us His written Word is to reveal Himself to us through the person of Jesus Christ to take the blinders off our eyes so that we can see the condition of our own hearts, which means that we are in open rebellion against a holy God. We're running our own life. We're our own God. We're bowing down in front of a full-length mirror every day. We are separated from God, and we need someone to atone for our sins so that we will not have to. And that to lead us to faith in Christ, to put our trust in Him, the one who died on the cross, making atonement for our sin rose from the dead, proving that He had the power to do so. And we ask Him to forgive us. We ask Him to substitute for us. We ask Him to come into our heart and life and uh, adopt us, see that we are adopted as a child of God, to reconcile us fully with God the Father, make us fully accepted by God. Give us the gift of eternal life. Give us His Holy Spirit to walk with us in, in this life. That's why the Bible was given. That's why the Bible was given. You need this biblical faith in Jesus. I need this biblical faith in Jesus much more than you and I need helpful hints on, uh, for daily living. And here, here's, here's what I mean by that. If you have Jesus, you have everything. It's way more important. I mean, it, it's, it's fine to learn helpful hints on parenting our children. There's wisdom. Read good books. Uh, talk to other, other parents. That's good. That's good. You should. Nothing wrong with that. But in the heat of the moment, when you are seeking to lead your child, you, you can't say, freeze, I'm going to go get the book. Now, what was that? What was that? Where was that? Don't move. I'm going to the library. No, when you have Jesus, He is right there with you. He's right there with you. He gives you His Holy Spirit. He will guide you. He will guide you. He will empower you. He will lead you. He will comfort you. He will strengthen you to know and be and do what you need to know, be and do in that moment with your children. If you have Jesus, you have everything. You need a biblical faith in Jesus way more than you need helpful hints for daily living. So let's start there. We're going to pray for that. Why don't you, uh, once again, turn the place where you're seated into a place of prayer. And I'm going to guide us through a, about a five-minute prayer time. So we've got plenty of time left in the service. Take a deep breath, stay where you are, and let's pray. First of all, let me say to those of... Uh, you here who are parents, you got kids under your roof right now. Why don't we pray for the help of Christ to help us parent our children this way? Lord, would you teach me and equip me to train up my children according to the way you've created them, according to their own personality, their own bents, according to the way they should go. Enable me to create a thirst 
in them for the right things, for you and your ways. Teach me and empower me to give my children direction, to direct them on how to know you and love you and walk with you and follow you all the days of their lives. Take me on this journey, Lord. Be at work in me, both to desire and do your good will, especially when it comes to the responsibility you've given me of parenting these children. Now let me say to the Christians here, those of you following Jesus, some of us have, in the heat of the pressure of parenting our children, we've forgotten the gospel. We've forgotten Jesus. We've forgotten that, oh, He has me and I have Him. I hold on to Him and He holds on to me, just like we sang a few moments ago. And so would you say, Lord, help me to be at peace and come back to you. You empower me. You guide me. I want to have a biblical faith in you. I want to know you. I want to love you. I want to serve you. I want to glorify you. So once again, I submit all that I am and all that I have to you. Each week, some of us Christians have rebelled against God. We've been away from Christ because of our sin for a long time. Might be five minutes, might be five weeks, might be five years. But in Isaiah, he says, if you will repent with open arms, I will welcome you back. So would you just take a moment and confess your sin to sinful rebellion as a child of God to the Lord Jesus? Ask by faith for His cleansing and forgiveness which He will freely give. Resubmit yourself to Jesus as your God, as your leader, as your Savior. Some of you are not Christians, but maybe you're ready today to turn from your self-centered, self-righteous life like I did and put your active trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, for the gift of eternal and abundant life. And to the best of your understanding, submit control of your life in eternity to Him. You do so right now. Let's take a minute and pray. So, Lord Jesus, thank you for hearing these prayers. It is in your name that we pray. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information about Dogwood Church, visit www.dogwoodchurch.org.